Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. NFL Week 7, almost here. You are listening to the Helipod, presented this week by our good friends at Viore, the best looking, the best feeling, and the highest performing athleisure apparel on the market. Kind of a funny story. Uh, I got a text from a buddy, former NFL quarterback, who's in broadcasting now. Viore was nice enough to send him some gear as a thank you for coming on the Helipod. And he just told me, you know what? I ordered more. And he thanked me for introducing him to Viore. This is a guy like our buddy Maurice Jones-Drew, who's on on with us right now, can get whatever he wants, whenever he wants, from whoever he wants. And he's choosing to pay for Viore. That's how good this stuff is. You've heard me talk about it before. Great performance t-shirts, shorts. They have everything you need from yoga to hoops. And it's cool. It's that kind of California cool. It's athleisure wear with an edge. Check them out. Viore. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. 20% off your first order today. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod. 20% off your first order today. Maurice Jones-Drew is standing by. That's why this is the helipod with MJD. And we are ready to roll. Right now. And here he is back on U.S. soil after a couple of weeks traveling abroad. He was in London, uh, two football games there. The first two London games of the year, the only two London games, I believe, of the year. Um, And congratulations, by the way, your Jacksonville Jaguars after 20 straight losses now officially back in the win column. Urban Meyer gets his first win as an NFL head coach. You must feel good. Yeah, I, this is the thing, man. I, and I hope people understand this. Uh, last year, it's hard. Like, yes, I know the losses counted, but it wasn't like that That organization, the regime, was trying to win games. They were trying to set up to get the number one overall pick. They were trying to set up things to make them better for the future. And so, yeah, you lost 20 games in a row and all that, but – um, I thought Urban Meyer and his staff did a really good job of kind of getting, uh, you know, letting the noise out and really focusing in on um, just winning games. And the players played well. Um, Trevor Lawrence, it got better every week. He showed up really well in this game. Um, James Robinson did a, a phenomenal job running the ball. Defensively, they got a fourth down stop when they needed it, especially at the end of the game. And, and those were there were huge points in the game where the Jags took over and made points. And then, to be honest, I mean, like you had a kicker that came off the street, right, and nailed two fifty-yard field goals to tie the game, then one to win it uh, right at the, as time expired. And to be on the sidelines, I was on the Dolphins sideline too, which is crazy. I was sitting right next to um, their owner Ross, uh, Stephen mm-hmm. Ross. I was standing right next to him, and when that field goal went in, man, you could just see it. It was just so much disappointment, right? But, hey, listen, that's part of football. That, that's where it goes down. The Jags were, you know, excited, elated. Everyone was running all over the field. I got a chance to see one of the kids I coached in high school play for who plays for the Dolphins, Javon Holland. Um, I got to see a lot of um, Jag Jag guys that I was there with when I was playing. So it was, it was really exciting. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. I'm actually perusing Twitter as you're talking, uh, looking at this Deshaun Watson situation. We're recording this. Uh, at about 4.30 Eastern time uh, on Wednesday. 
And right now the news is that Deshaun Watson could be traded uh, this week from the Houston Texans. To- but who told you that though? Don't let's, let's not, let's not. No, no, you, you, you certainly have been all over this. One of the, the, the greatest newsbreakers uh, at NFL network currently Maurice Jones drew monitoring uh, all social media at all times. So I will credit you, my friend. Well Thank done. You. Well done. As I'm busy preparing for the podcast that slipped through the cracks, but it will not for our listeners. No, we're here to serve. And as I'm looking around, there's actually a couple of reports that a potential three-team deal could be in the works that would send Tua Tungavailoa from Miami to the Washington football team. So there is a lot that could be happening and could be changing before um, this uh, podcast actually is is on your uh, iPhone and you are listening to it or in your car. But let's just take it. Uh, we, we knew at some point Deshaun Watson was going to be traded. Um Thoughts on him potentially going to Miami and the Dolphins giving up on Tua just a year and a half into that experiment? I mean, you know, listen, this is the thing. Tua may not be the best fit for them. He may not be the guy they're looking for, right? It seems like Miami wants a guy that's going to be aggressive, throws down the field. Tua, is not his. that's not his style. Um, and they're in win-now mode. And Tua needs to be – he needs help. He needs time to develop. He needs a really good defense. He needs – uh, weapons around him. They don't really have that. Um, I think if you go and get Deshaun Watson with the weapons that the Dolphins have, you can see Will Fuller, you can see Devontae Parker, you can see Jalen Waddle, you know, why they went and got those guys to utilize that speed. And so, um, you know, this is the win now league. Let's be honest, Dan, like, like you're not winning right now with Tua. And he got hurt, right? All these things happen. And so you're expecting when you draft a guy, top five, when the guy that gets drafted behind him is playing so well, you feel that pressure, right? As an organization, you feel those things. And so you need to go out there and, and, uh, and find a way to win. They're in a division that they can win. I mean, they, if they, if they win 10 games this year, if the Dolphins were to win 10 games this year, let's say the Dolphins get um, the Dolphins get Deshaun Watson. You don't, you don't think that they can make a run and, and get to the playoffs. Well, they're one in five right now, so they have an uphill climb. And yes, they're gonna they have the, the Jets and the Patriots certainly aren't a pushover, even though they're sitting at at two and four. I, I don't I think the playoffs is out of reach right now, but I think you make that trade for Deshaun Watson, it brings hope. And when you're Brian Flores, you had a lot of hope going into this year. I mean, people were hoping that you would be competing with the Bills for the best team in the division. That hasn't come to fruition. Uh, the Dolphins have been putrid. I mean, they've just been, they've been terrible. Well, this other thing, I mean, they, some of those draft picks that they've spent, like they, they had a lot of draft capital. Some of those guys they went and got have not panned out. No, you're right. right. And here's the other thing. Brian Flores is supposed to be a defensive minded guy. There's only one team in the NFL that's given up more points than the Dolphins this year. And ironically, it's my Washington football team has given up 186 points in six games. So that vaunted defense that was supposed to be top five in the league is uh, is bad. And we talked about them last week. I don't even really want to get into the Washington football team stuff right now. But um, yeah, that's I, I think if you're Miami, you're right. You're always in win now mode. And you're Brian yeah. Flores and, you know, you're the front office there. If you can go out and get a top five quarterback, everything, you build everything around a quarterback, right? Yeah. I, I had this a little bit further down in the rundown that we were going to talk to, but look at Cincinnati, right? Look what they've been able to do with Joe Burrow. One of the more pleasant surprises, I think, in the NFL this year. And it's due, not only due in part on offense to their quarterback, on defense, it's due in part to their quarterback. What am I talking about? You ask MJD, I'll ask the question before you even do. Well, they've added some free agent pieces, right? Like DJ Reader, who's a good defensive tackle. Trey Hendrickson, coming off the edge. DJ Reader picked Cincinnati over Denver because his agent said, all right, here's our choices. Money's about the same. You can go to Denver and uh, you got Drew Locke, a quarterback, or you can go to Cincinnati and you have Joe Burrow quarterback. And DJ Reader goes, I'm going with Joey B, bro. We're going to win more games in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow quarterback than we will with Drew Locke, a quarterback. And who knows who else in Denver at the time, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't there. Although I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater is that much better. So my point is, that when you get that franchise quarterback, it's like a big time college, right? You want to go play with that guy. 
Well, it's, it's not that. I mean, yes, yes, it is that. You want to go play, but you know that that guy touches the ball every play offensively, right? You know that Cincinnati um, had the chance to probably go and get either a left tackle or a wide receiver, and they chose a wide receiver who is shown to be the right choice. Um, and I think, again, when you look at Cincinnati, they were building a lot under the radar. Like, you have four receivers that can go. You have a tight end that's really good. You have a running back that's really good. And all they were trying to do was patch up a defense that had kind of been a little leaky. And you put all that together, and all of a sudden, they're in, they're up the top of the AFC North. They're I mean, they're right behind Baltimore right now. And it's yeah. not like – and let's, let's talk about this game that they just played against Detroit. Like, normally the Cincinnati-Detroit game is like a, a snoozer. Like, you don't even want to watch it. They beat the monkey breaks off of Detroit, right? And so – Cincinnati is, is a team, and you're right, it's about the quarterback position. And when you bring it, when you have a guy that can compete and can play at a high level, you keep that going. Because when you add Deshaun Watson to Miami, all of a sudden, all the options are open. Gasecki's open. Uh, Waddle's open. Uh, Will Fuller's open. Devontae Parker's open. All these dudes start to show up. Even the your running backs start making plays all of a sudden, right? Right. And so it, it you you're right when you say you if you get one you build around them. The key is getting one because there's not many of them, right? Well, and I think I think that's the thing that. about this it's, league. It's funny you say that, MJD, because I I feel like you got to pick the right guy, right? So Miami feels like they didn't pick the right guy in Tua. And let's be honest, there are several teams that passed on Justin Herbert. I don't think anybody thought he was going to be that good, but it is like an embarrassment of riches when you look at you know, the leaders in the NFL and some of these young quarterbacks, like you would, Peter King tried to do this this week in his column. He tried to rank right the top 10 quarterbacks and it's kind of how they were. That's easy. No, I don't think, I don't think it's easy. I mean, it's it's so fluid, right. In terms of the guys, like you have Kyler and you have Josh Allen, you have Tom Brady, you have Matthew Stafford, who's playing better. You have Dak Prescott, who's playing like a top five quarterback. Like you tell me, right. You have Lamar and Lamar, of course. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, who everybody's kind of taking a dump on right now because he's not getting any help from his defense and he's taking more chances because... And no, well, and Tyreek Hill can't catch the ball with his hands right now. It bounces off his hands, which is an issue. Yeah, there's there's a ton of issues, but I just, what I'm saying is I think you have, you know, 10, 12 quarterbacks we're really, really good right now. Well, let's 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 do it. Let's 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 do our let's do our top list. Okay. Are you ready? I, I I have it. You have a list in front of you. I, no, I don't need the list. I'm gonna tell you mine right now. Okay. Tom Brady. One. Okay. He's your number one. Number one. Right, like just just who's? I'm talking like this season right now in the moment. Tom Brady's your number one right now. All right, fine. I would then go Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I would then after that probably go Lamar Jackson. Okay. I would then from there probably go to it's 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 a toss up between Kyler and Stafford after that. So you would take Lamar over Kyler right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Because this I'm going to tell you why. Who is Lamar throwing the ball to? Uh Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews. Uh, and, and who's Kyler now who's Kyler throwing the ball to? Well, yeah, he has D Hop, he has Christian Kirk, he's gonna he have has AJ Green. AJ Green, sure. You see what I'm saying? Like, like that's where I that's where I get a little bit more. I give Lamar a little bit of the heads up. Uh Stafford's next. Okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put Mahomes at so what is that? Five? That's five. Okay, I'd go Dak. Only reason Dak is down is because Dak has a phenomenal running game with him. Only reason I know Dak can do it without the running game. But you're talking about this year. He has a great running game. Dak's thrown four or five touchdowns and only threw for like 200 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like they're a balanced team. They're a really good team, but that's where Dak would be. Um, I would probably then from there go to Mahomes. Okay. You know, you, you know who you've left out, right? No, I'm not. I know who I left out, but I'm, I'm not. I'm getting there. Okay. And again, you're going to say, why? Why haven't you put Josh Allen in there? Yeah, exactly. I, they haven't leaned. They haven't needed him yet. This is this is. They haven't needed the one time they needed him was against your Titans and he slipped on fourth and one. True. Remember his their defense has been dominant the whole time, except for week one. Okay. So where are we at? What number is this? So it's, that's eight. That's your top eight. So Josh Allen's nine. No, Josh Allen's eight. Oh, Josh. Okay, Josh Allen's eight. Yep. 
So let's round out your top 10. I'm trying to think of who else is left. Um, we have, you have Burrow. Oh, you I have, like Jeff. Um, Justin Herbert, you haven't said. Derek I like, you haven't said. Okay. Who? Derek Carr. So I would go, I would go Herbert and then uh, Burrow. And, and, and Carr would be right there on the end, but I, I, it's, they've been too up and down for me. Right. Carl give you some really good games and he's thrown for 300 plus yards. But then there's sometimes you'll see him. Uh, you'll see him not show up like against the Dolphins. Right. Um, but then he plays well against the Broncos. And you know, who you, you, know who you left out is Russell Wilson. Well, he's hurt right now, so he can't be in my he can't be in my <laughs> top. Right. His finger okay. he can't even throw the ball. That's an easy one. OK. All right, I like your list. I like it. I mean, but it's not easy to do, right? I'm it's not, I mean, there's there's guys. Don't get me wrong. There's guys, but but like like look those, those top five dudes. Listen, the reason Tom's number one, he's done it with in two different systems. <laughs> I mean, year one he won a Super Bowl with an a brand new system. That's that's the greatest of all time. That's amazing, and you're right. Aaron, and with in a, in a shortened off season where you really didn't have time to get on the same page with everybody, which is why he. Get everybody over to his house and Byron Leftwich knocking on the door of wrong houses trying to drop off a playbook. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, what has he done? He's been phenomenal. You, you like you see what I'm saying? Like those, even like Stafford would have Stafford at four or five, like Stafford's played lights out. Yeah, Lamar with five ahead of Dak and Mahomes and Allen, which eh, eh. you gotta look at it. Look, listen. Who's he throwing to? Is, is, is his are his receivers? Let me ask you a question. And it could be similar. Would you rather have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods or Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders? Well, I'd rather have Diggs over all those guys, but I, I, I think that the two kind of balances out. I mean, Emmanuel's good, but he's he's a little bit older and he's on the other side of his career. So, but, but, but people don't know Cup's old too. Cup, Cup is old. He's 30. Cup's or 29. 30? He's 29 or 30. Yes, he is. You know, there's the there's a magical thing called Google. You're telling me he's 30 already? He's 29 or 30, I promise you. Let's see here. That that would be amazing to me because I feel like he was just drafted and, and and living with Jared Goff yesterday, but he might have been old coming out of eastern Washington, and he is 28 years old. Oh, okay. But you're right, older than I thought. I, I would yeah, think like you thought he was like 25, right? 20 like yeah, he's older than what you think. Like four years. Sure. No, Robert so Woods is up there too. Robert Woods is right around that way too. So it's, to me, I just feel like it's, don't get me wrong. Sean McVay plays a big part in the Matthew Stafford thing, but I've seen Stafford beat Tom Brady. Right. But I also seen Kyler beat Matthew Stafford. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. but I still believe if worse comes to work and how I think of it is the game's on the line. Who do you want right now? Week eight or week seven. Hey, uh, you have to hold on for a minute because my my bulldog is snoring so loud that I can't focus. So I just got to go. I just got to go to kind of like give her a little shelf. Stand by. Oh, my goodness. This is the worst podcast ever. (laughs) All right. She's been shook. Now we're back. This is the best podcast ever. Just hit the 15 second button if you're listening at home and we're back. Bulldog not snoring anymore. Um, Okay. Before we get to the picks, um, and I'm not and I'm not bringing this up to, to call you out. I'm bringing this up to say these were really good performances because you brought up a great point last week when we were picking games. You talked about the Raiders being without their play caller. Well, Arizona also without their play caller in Cliff Kingsbury, quarterback coach Cam Turner also out, and Spencer Whipple, their assistant wide receiver coach who – called plays once in his life when he was at UMass. How? Like, how does that guy call the plays? How do you pick him out of everybody? I guess, I guess Cliff just liked his demeanor and he obviously is the assistant wide receiver coach. So he was more dialed in with the passing game. They also had an assistant who was more dialed in with the running game. And although it was Whipple calling the plays, the running game coach uh, was, was kind of dialed in. So they were, they were a team, they were a unit, but anyway, he did a hell of a job. Arizona kicked ass against Cleveland, which was just plagued by massive injuries. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but Greg Olson also 
Call you know, that's my boy too, by the way. Yeah. Was he your, was he your head coach or OC there? He, he was my OC and he was the quarterback coach in Jacksonville, 2012. Then he was the OC in Oakland when I went there in 2014, but more than that, like he's just a good friend of mine. <clears throat> a good well, dude. I know you were happy for him. He, he had those guys in a good flow the whole game. They scored on their first drive for the first time all season. He used the screen game a little more. Kenyon Drake scored a couple of touchdowns. You know, DC was efficient, man. He only threw 27 times, but he threw for 341 yards and a couple of touchdowns. And I think this is the biggest difference. When you look at the schedule, right? The Raiders are now four and two instead of three and three. And they have some momentum after a couple of straight losses. I think I thought Greg Olson was fantastic. I thought he did a great job too. I mean, I was concerned because play calling is an art, right? And you just can't ask an artist to start painting, right? You have to have inspiration. You have to have done it. You have to like felt it. And so as a guy that calls plays uh, for little kids, I don't call them the NFL level, but you have to know what's going on. You have to be, you have to have that rhythm. You have to find the rhythm. And for them to find it in that game, I was a little concerned too, because what people felt realized the Broncos offense was efficient too. The couple of weeks before that, they had been efficient. They had been moving the ball. Um, and I thought, I mean, Von Miller didn't, wasn't even alive in this game on Sunday. I didn't hear Von Miller's name one time. And they had guys blocking them who were backup tackles. Yeah. Right. Like, so they did a great job of mixing in the pass, the run, the screen game, taking shots when they went max protection. They did an awesome job. And so I think um, they just got to keep they, – they just have to keep uh, building on that as you're going forward. But they got to get Darren Waller involved more. He hasn't been involved since week one, and that's an issue, right? They got to find ways to get him involved more. I know you have Brian Edwards. I know – they're trying to try to get rugs to come out of this shell, yeah, which he's I doing mean, really good. Listen, those other guys have had their moments. Darren Waller is not just the best offensive player on your football team. He's probably the best player on your football team. You have to get the ball in his hands. And listen, DC smart, like they'll figure out, they have to figure out a way whether it's Olsen or whether it's Derek Carr to get Waller the ball more. You have to, right? You do have to, because he changes the game. He's a, in, on offense, they got things called coverage dictators, right? When I was in Jacksonville, I was a coverage dictator. You know why? Because they put eight guys in the box. So they only could play cover one, which is man-to-man, the single high safety, or cover three zone. One to like, So it dictated the coverage, right? right? Darren Waller is a coverage dictator. Either you're going to double-team him or, or you're going to try to shade the coverage or shift the coverage to his side, which is what? Dictating the coverage. You have to find a way to get him the ball to continue that because, and I get guys are trying to take him away. I understand that's why the other guys are playing well, but you got to start feeding him to keep him going, right? Because again, it's like everything. Football is a marathon, but it's about who can be in the rhythm the longest. If you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Mike Evans may have two catches one game. The next game, he's going to have 35. You like, they, Tom knows like, okay, I can't not throw the Mike four games in a row. Because then Mike's going to start getting upset. AB may have two catches here. Okay. But guess what? The next week, AB is going to have 15 catches or 15 targets. Right. Godwin, the same thing. Like they know how to, you have to feed everyone the ball in order to go. And I, like I said, it's, I'm going to text Greg Olson, even though I picked against him. That's what I do. <laughs> but I'm going to text him and say, uh, you know, good job. Now get Wall of the ball more. I, I think that would be a, a wise decision. Coverage dictator. Um, I did learn something new, as I normally do when I talk to Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, time to k- take a quick break before we get to our picks. I want to talk about a couple of friends. The first one at Vaco. Are you ready for a new career adventure? Of course you are. Well, Vaco is one of those organizations that get the kind of talent solutions they really need, whether it's bringing in a team to solve specific business issues or finding their new team member. Only Vaco brings a head start, a new perspective, and a real commitment. And now they're looking for you to join their team. If you are either an experienced accounting and finance professional, a skilled techie in search of a new career opportunity, Vaco wants to hear from you. With a national and global presence and a culture built on freedom and autonomy, it's no surprise that Vaco has been named one of Inc. Magazine's fastest growing private companies for the past 15 years in a row. 
What are you waiting for? Your professional adventure awaits, and you can apply today. Just go to vaco.com. That's V-A-C-O.com slash helipod, all lowercase, to apply today. And Greens Plus, love them. They've been a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to put that powder into a bar. Greens Plus bars and powders taste great, have them all the time. They're the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that key word, that key phrase, nutritional insurance that your body needs. All from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods or Amazon, or if you're smart and you want to save money, go to greensplus.com. That's greensplus, spell out plus, P-L-U-S.com with free shipping. I love the natural energy bars, the wild berry superfood powder, one of my favorites. You can get some today. I get 20% off with the promo code HELI. That's 20% off with the promo code HELI. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. It's pick time, MJD. We have tallied them up. Last week, while you were gallivanting around London, hobnobbing with billionaires, NFL owners, and the commissioner of the NFL, we didn't really get a chance to talk about that. You went two and four in our picks. You were terrible. Okay. Okay. All right. Did you want? Did you want to? I I didn't. We didn't really talk about the fun stories because we got into the Deshaun Watson stuff too quick. No, no, there's no fun. So I'm I'm back. That's in the past. Now let's 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 look. Let's oh, let me get my fast forward. Okay. Right. We'll fast forward. Fair enough. Um. So this is what you missed last week. You missed on the Browns and cards. Uh, actually, we both did. But and, that's the, but that, look. Listen, that's tough. I mean, the Browns had like. Everybody got hurt in that game. Crazy. It was yeah, like it's hard to call that one. But okay. Yeah, and then and then we and hold on before real quick. Yeah. We didn't know Nick Chubb was out until after the podcast. Eh. No, remember Nick Chubb didn't get ruled out until like Thursday or Friday. We oh, take on a right. Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Well, I mean, built-in excuses for you, MJD. Sorry. And then Chargers Ravens, we both missed on that. You also picked Miami to beat your Jags and the Broncos to beat the Raiders. That's why you're two and four. Yeah, that's okay. Okay, but for the season, you are 22 and 18. Okay. You had the lead over me. I'm right behind you. Right behind you, bro. I'm not going to. And 19. I'm not going to lose anymore, so here we go. All right, here we go. Broncos 3-3 and at the Browns 3-3. and Browns at this moment, despite all the injuries, and the injuries are a plenty, right? They're without Nick Chubb last week, both starting tackles, and Jedrick Wills and Jack Collins. Um, Chubb, Wills, and Conklin, not Collins, I'm sorry, Jack Conklin, were all limited in practice on Wednesday. The Browns playing the Broncos Thursday night. Okay, so this line could move if they're all healthy, but right now favored by two. They've lost two in a row for the first time under Kevin Stefanski. I don't see it being three in a row, despite all the injuries, and I, I did bury the lead here. Case Keenum starting for Baker Mayfield. He has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. I'll be honest with you, MJD, and I'm not one of those Baker haters. I don't think Case Keenum is that big of a drop-off from Baker. And watch Odell go out there and have 150 and a couple of tutties, and people are like, oh, dude, maybe Case should be the guy for a while. Dude, this is the problem. This is the problem. Baker isn't. You're thinking how to say this. Just say it. He's not the guy, man. He's not the guy. There's so much hype around Baker that we expect him to be this, this guy, but that's not it. He's a game manager. And when he doesn't play like a game manager, he, guess what? He, he sucks. It's bad. We saw that against Arizona. He tried to take over the game. It didn't work. Even against the Chargers in L.A., when they were just, when he was game manager, they were doing awesome. When they had to lean on him, we had this conversation. We, when they had to lean on him, he had to take the game over. He couldn't do it. Right. So 
in this situation, you, you, you now know that he's not the guy. You know that. We know that he's not the guy. He knows that he's, he's struggling. He's even said, I'm struggling. You can't keep struggling for, for a month and a half, for six weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't struggle for six weeks. Week one, you throw, you turn the ball over against the Chiefs on a, on a, a, win, a go-to-win drive. You can't even get a drive started against the Chargers. And then you come out when everyone's hurt. Kareem Hunt goes down. Nick Chubb's not there. You have Odell Beckham. You can't be the guy to lead us. So why would I pay you $100 million, $200 million to be the quarterback when we can't count on you? So to me, if Case Keenum comes out there and plays well, this is what Case Keenum does. He will play well for a season. We we've know that. It. Yeah, we've seen it. I've called his games. I called his games with the Rams. He'll play well for a season. And then guess what? The next year, you better find a guy because he because they're, they're gonna be found, they're gonna be figured out. So you just have to know that going into this. But um, this is what I'll say. I don't know if this works. If Nick Chubb plays, then they win. If he doesn't, I don't see them winning this game. Okay. So um, do I have to just pick one? I'll just pick. I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Browns. Okay. We're both picking Browns. Why well, text uh, you I'm my pick? Let me I'm make sure. 24-17, but I, I like that. That's fine. This is going to come out a little bit later. Um, I picked the Browns. Okay. Got the, got you there. I'm just I'm just recording this, so I don't have to go back and, uh, and, and figure it out later. Uh, Chiefs, three and three. Five and a half point favorites at the Titans in Nashville. Titans are four and two after that. That was such a fun game to watch. Did you get to watch that or were you? I did. Okay. I did get to watch it. Um, Listen, Mahomes doubters are all over the place. They're starting to rear their ugly heads. He's not even an MJD's top five quarterbacks anymore. That doesn't Uh, mean I'm a doubter. Okay. That's well, you're doubting him right now. Um, By not putting him in your top five, you're doubting him. Not really. You you said right now, who's the top five quarterbacks in the NFL? Is Patrick Mahomes a top five quarterback in the NFL right now? Yeah. How he's turned the ball over in every game. Uh, he's he feels like he has to do more. He's he's that, that's he's, not my fault. That's not top five to me. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'll tell you who is top five. I'll tell you who's number one, Derrick Henry. Oh my 783 god, rushing yards this season. He has a 260 yard lead over Nick Chubb, who's second. As a matter of fact, if you just counted. Henry's yards after contact, which is 587, he would still be leading the NFL in rushing with his yards after contact. That is insane. And here's what you need to remember, MJD. The Titans have beaten Mahomes before. I like the mojo they have going right now. When they beat Mahomes? In the the playoffs a couple years ago. No, they didn't. They lost. They 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 beat Lamar. They didn't beat Mahomes. No, they beat Mahomes. No, they did not. Yeah, hold on. Let's look here. Dude, they did they not beat Mahomes, Mahomes in the regular season. They have beaten Mahomes. Man, they didn't beat Mahomes in the regular season either. Are you 100% on that? Yes. Uh, I'm looking now because they, they want a playoff game. They want a playoff game. They beat that. Baltimore in Baltimore. They beat New England, New England. They went to the AFC Championship game and lost to the Chiefs the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. They beat the Chiefs too, dude. They didn't beat the Chiefs because they don't went to the Super Bowl. All right, I'm going to look while we talk about this, but I want you to I want you to pontificate on this on this game. I, this I is the thing. So let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I, I got to say this. I remember the year Derrick Henry came out, and mm-hmm. I remember telling people Derrick Henry is what we call a unicorn. People like to use the unicorn term for like wide receivers or offensive linemen or defensive linemen. They never want to use it for the running back position. And I told people, I said, you will never ever see a running back like this ever again and people are like are you kidding me he's just a big back he's like tj duckett he's like brandon jacobs i was like no he's nothing like that and no disrespect to those guys they're really good this guy is great and let's remember this the titans drafted him in the second round and didn't even use him the first what 10 weeks of the season or something his rookie no, no, year no. they didn't they they had demarco murray he was not a full-time starter until 2018 and that was crazy to me and this is why it was crazy to me. He's 6'3", 6'4", 250 pounds, and he runs away from people. And this is what happens. I tell people this all the time. If Derrick Henry ever started fast like he is now, he may rush for 3,000 yards. Because you know what? Every year that he's been a full-time starter, he's rushed for 1,000 yards in November and December alone. Okay? That, to me, is 
baffling because no one wants to tackle him. And now all of a sudden they figure this thing out. Todd Downey is calling his offense and they're rolling and they're running the ball and it's opening up a lot of things. And we talked about it when you have Julio Jones and AJ uh, Brown on the outside, all of a sudden it's like, who do I, who do I cover? Instead of saying, look, we need to load the box and stop Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. And so now Derrick Henry is on a tear and you have to pick your poison. And I love that about what they've done. I think if Tennessee can fix this defense and get it going, they're going to be good, but just not this week, though. They, I mean, it's, it's, I think you're going to play a team with a lot of firepower, and the way those corners are beat up there in uh, Tennessee, it ain't going to be enough. So uh, while you're talking, and I think everything you're saying makes sense, I, I did my, my research and went back, and as you know, uh, I'm a little bit jaded when it comes to the Titans. They did beat Kansas City in the playoffs, but it was 2017 when Alex Smith was the starting quarterback. Okay, so it wasn't Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so it was it was the year before uh, Mahomes took over, and uh, and Marcus Mariota was I uh, was actually the quarterback. That's the game that he, he caught that pass that yeah he back tipped it, hit him back. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes though. No, it was not. So I'm I'm uh, the years are running together for me a little bit. I apologize for that, and thank you for calling me out. So I'm picking the Titans. I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, obviously, um, and I think it's going to be really tight. 33-31, back-to-back big-time wins for the Titans. Let's fast forward now to the Bengals, 4-2. We talked about them earlier. At the Ravens, 5-1. and one. The two best scoring offenses in the division. I, I have picked against the Ravens a couple of times this year, and I've been burned. And when you go a little bit deeper inside the Ravens' dominance of the Bengals, and I, this, is, this is the best Cincinnati team Zach Taylor's had there in three years, but... Lamar is not only is he undefeated in October as a starter, he's nine and zero. He's five and zero against Cincinnati, and Baltimore just pummels them. They boat race them. It's it, it's a one hundred and one point uh, point differential in the, over the last few years. Twenty five points per game average in those five wins. Um, I got to I got to take the Ravens here. I just can't at home. They're favored by six and a half. MJD, do you see this another way? No, I'm, I'm taking the Ravens, too. As much as I want to go with the Bengals, and, and I, I love what they're doing, um, I think they're a year away from competing with Lamar and company, and this is why. They're getting healthier. They just got their, their first-round pick back, Rashad Bateman, who's mm-hmm. another weapon for Lamar to throw the ball to, on top of Sammy Watkins, Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, right? Um, and, then, and then all of a sudden, their running game showed up against the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers, right? And so for me, he could still run with his legs, they have three guys that can run the ball. Now, all three scored. I got three fingers up. All three scored. Um, to me, there's there, the Baltimore is starting to figure it out, what they want to do and how they want to do things. And that, to me, is a scary sight for uh, a lot of teams going forward. And right now, Baltimore is the number one seed in the AFC right now. Yeah. And they're playing like it. It's not like they're not. I think the Colts game is kind of springboard springboarded them into where they are now, and they're playing really good football right now. Well, you know, you bring up a really interesting point about the AFC. Right now, the NFC has five teams who are five and one or better. Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, undefeated Arizona, and your Rams. The AFC has one, and that's Baltimore. Now, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC, too, and I, I know that's just the way the cookies crumbled thus far, and things are going to change, but I think, that's, uh, I think that's pretty interesting. All right, so we're both going Ravens here. Uh, Eagles at Raiders. Eagles are two and four. Raiders four and two. Raiders at home favored by three. So you know what that means? They mean basically it's even it's and even. The, the home field advantage to the Raiders there. couple of things. I think the Raiders strength, which is offense and Derek Carr, they're averaging 385 yards per game. That's the Eagles weakness, right? Their defense is their weakness right now. But there's one other thing when you watch them play, they use the RPO on almost every single play with Jalen Hurts, seemingly. Do you feel like that makes them easier to defend? No, I, I think it, it. I think it's the opposite. I think it makes it tougher for them to defend, but I think it confuses Jalen Hurts sometimes. It's always, it's too much. Right. Do I hand it? Do I keep it? Do I throw it? That is too much. Give him, simplify it for him. Let him play faster. And I know he did that in college and I know we want to go, but this, is, this isn't, you know, Oklahoma right? Playing TCU or Texas where there's no defense. You're playing teams that have defense. And because of that, I, and I disagree with you on the strength of this team. I think the strength of this team is his defensive line. 
I think it's true that the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders is this defensive, the Las Oakland Raiders is this yeah. defensive line because when the offense struggles, this defense has kept them in the game. That's how they beat Baltimore week one, right? The defense was able to keep it close and keep them going. They were able to get after this defense had five sacks against the uh, Denver Broncos. Um, I'm the DN's name, just skip my Max Crosby Max. had three yeah. of them. Yannick Ngakwe hasn't even turned it like he hasn't become the guy that we've known because they're sliding the line to him the whole time, right? So now Max Crosby's getting pressure. So and to your point, to your point, MJD, sorry not to cut you off, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh Max Max Crosby has the highest win rate of any defensive lineman in the NFL. He's been yeah, he's he's single, he's single blocked, and there's no disrespect to him. But when you have in Gus Bradley's defense, which I know. When you have two guys that can rush the passer, you have to pick where you want to slide the line. The other guy's going to get one-on-one all the time, right? Right. So you slide it to Max now, Yannick gets one-on-one, right? All of a sudden, it becomes an issue. And so to me, uh, when you have two pass rushers in those situations, when Seattle was winning all those games, they run this defense, they had four guys that could rush the passer, right? So for me, that's the that's the thing. That's the key. They got They got a rotation of dudes. Solomon Thomas is playing well right now for him. Quentin uh, Cleveland, Jefferson, Darius Phylon. They, yeah, yeah, Cleveland Farrell comes in and gets some some quality time in. You know, like he gets some quality reps in. But it goes off of those two DNs. And they're playing, they're they are playing the best football right now at the at, at that position, at that defensive end position in the National Football League. And to me, that is the that's the strength. And that's what's gonna gonna get this. Well, I I don't know if it's gonna get him because Lane Johnson's coming back. You have Jordan Mylotta back at left tackle. So you may be able to hold up, but we'll see. I don't know, but the Raiders are kind of, like I said, they're hitting their stride too. Now, like defensively, they're getting turnovers. They're affecting the quarterback offensively. They're taking their shots downfield. And with that, that's why I'm picking the Raiders. All right. You're going Raiders. I'm going Raiders. I'm saying 27, 20 at home at Allegiant field in Las Vegas. Don't forget though. The, uh, the Eagles are coming off. Uh, they're coming off a of bye week So they're going to be well rested. Uh, moving on. These are two games. I just want to gloss over them real quick because they're not going to be competitive, but I am curious to get your take. Uh, Lions 0-6 in LA playing the Rams. The Rams are 15-point favorites. Um, you're allowed to talk about this stuff now, dude. Yeah. The the 15-point uh, favorites, do you, do you feel like the Rams win by more than a couple of touchdowns? I think they do. I, I think right now Detroit is going through when your coach is like Dan Campbell's up there, like, like, you know, how you were like, you're thinking of how to say it. Right. Remember right. you said that like Dan Campbell's up there doing the same thing, but instead of you telling me, he was telling himself like, just say it like this. No, no, no. Say it like that. No, no. Like he was shaking his head. Then he finally just says like our quarterback needs to step up and play better. That's hard to do that. Like you're, you're never supposed to criticize your own quarterback in the media. You're, that's like, Cardinal rule number one is a, a head coach, right? And it seems like they're doing everything like he's trying to be old school and treat everyone the same. It's going to be interesting to see how how uh, Jared Goff is um, responds re- responds and received as well as he comes back to LA, right? Because it was, it, that wasn't no that was a nasty breakup, yeah, right. So yeah. it's 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 a lot going into that one. I think I think this too, Aaron Donald is just under the radar playing lights out. People aren't even talking about what he, how he's affecting the game. Um, well, you heard me talk, Baldy was talking about it, but <laughs> I, I think I just think right now they're playing too well and Detroit's beat up in the secondary. Um, I think this is going to, it may be a, 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 a kind of like what they did to the Giants. So the Texans, similar situation to the Lions, they're one in five. Of course, we talked earlier about the Deshaun Watson news. He could be gone by game time. They're the only undefeated team in the NFL. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, six and oh, and that is a 17 and a half point spread Cardinals. So you basically, you gotta, you gotta win by, you gotta win by two touchdowns and a field goal and two field goals to cover that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like when it comes to like the gambling aspect of it, I don't know if I would take that game. Maybe I would, I don't, I don't know like the little terms of it. Um, I know that Arizona's going to be ready to play. You know why? Cause JJ Watt, right. They let him go. Right. So he's going to be amped up and ready to make plays. And, uh, I don't and, know if Tyrod, I think it's a D hop. I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is playing this week or not, or if they're going to stick with Davis Mills. Um, I think if Tyrod's there, then I think that that's you, you probably would go with the Texans, but if it's Mills, he just turns the ball over so much. 
Yeah. Right. He's a young guy. He's going to get confused. He's going to throw the, throw you the ball, just catch it. And it depends on how they play offensively. They kind of been, they, they didn't play the best against Cleveland offensively. They had a lot of short fields because of that defense. And so let's see if they can get back on their, their, when the way they rolled the Rams up, if they can play like that, then yeah, I can see it. But um, I don't know. So you had on your top, 10 quarterback list you had kyler as your fourth best right now here's a stat on kyler he's completed at least 70 percent of his passes in every game this season there's only four other quarterbacks in nfl history who have done that and they've all won mvp peyton the last one to do it in 2013 kyler if he can stay healthy is going to have a special year but i don't think he's going to win mvp though okay you already I'm, you want me to tell you why you're, you're going to die on that mountain really no, I'm just going to tell you why. Like, okay. Tom is playing crazy right now. Tom's playing great. Sure. Tom is leading the league in passing and, and touchdowns or something. Like, Tom is lights out right now. This is one of the – this is going to be one of the tight, tightest MVP races there ever was because you also have to talk about Derrick Henry who's going to rush for another 2,000, right? Like, How do you not – I don't care what any quarterback does. If Derrick Henry – and I know you can't – like, 2,000 is 2,000, right? He had 2,000 last year, but back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, and he's not the MVP of the NFL. How would you do that? Like, that, that would be criminal. It would be, but I wouldn't be surprised. But you still have – you have Aaron Rodgers who's playing lights out right now. You have Matthew Stafford who's playing well right now. I mean, there's a lot of dudes playing really good football at the position that have the numbers to back it up. You know what else? Dak Prescott's playing great. And he's America's team. We know, we know how that goes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, but when the game's on the line – I, you know, Dax, Dak's been phenomenal. He, he's, he's earned every penny of that. All right. Last game. We are on the Colts. This is Sunday night football, two and four at San Francisco, two and three San Francisco favored by four. Trey Lance has that sprained knee. He was out of practice today. Jimmy G on track to start uh, against the Colts 49ers on a three game skid here. But when you peel back, you don't have to look very far. Like they've lost to green Bay, Seattle, in Arizona, Green Bay and Arizona, you know, two of the best teams in the in the conference right now. They're coming off a bye week. Colts, hey, they're two and one in their last three, but those wins over the Dolphins and the Texans. And yes, Carson Wentz has looked better, but I'm wondering if it's fool's gold, MJD. Is Carson Wentz just a mirage? I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. Oh. <laughs> I think the Colts are playing the the Colts are playing really good football. Let me make sure I pick. Yeah, I picked the Colts. I, and I'm going to tell you why. The Colts are playing really good football. Let's not remember, it wasn't Carson Wentz's fault that they lost to, to the Baltimore Ravens. Their kicker was hurt, missed a couple chip shot field goals. Um, one gets blocked, right, which started the onslaught. Um, and then he still brings them back after that. It brings them back down after that and goes. They had an interception return callback. He still takes them down and scores. And like, He's playing really well right now, and he's not getting enough credit for it. I don't know what Jimmy's going to do because he's coming off that calf. Like, he has to play. Um, I just don't know. And they don't have a running game right now. The Niners don't. When Debo Samuel, you got to put Debo Samuel at running back, you don't have a running game right now. Even though he's one of their probably better runners, you don't have a running game. And so it's, 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 it's the injuries are starting to pile up where Kyle has to be too creative to get things going, right? And when I say that, people may say, like, what do you mean too creative? Every now and then, it's okay to be able to say, look, we're just going to run outside zone left, right? Just to kind of get our guys going. You can't be like, all right, well, we got to put Debo in. We got to go in the gun. We got to shift in motion, blah, blah, blah. And then, we, you, like, that takes up a lot of time and energy, right? It makes you think a lot offensively. Um, and I think that is an issue right now. When they had Eli Mitchell running well, he was good to go. Hopefully he's back. But right now the running game is a little, a little iffy. And I actually wrote, um, I did with Brooke an article. I didn't write, but I did with Brooke who, who helps me get my thoughts out on paper. We put it out on NFL.com teams that need to trade for a running back. And from my understanding, there's two running backs now that are available on the market, Marlon Mack and Ronald Jones, possibly. Um, and to me, the Niners should be in the, in the, in the hunt for Marlon Mack. Yeah, and get him in that, that move. They now. should. They should. Because that will help you going forward until your young guys get healthy and can go. Well, Jonathan Taylor, 
has been outstanding for them as well. Over his last 10 games, obviously dating back to last year, um, he's averaging 100 yards per game and a touchdown per. He's been – Oh, he's, he's lights out right now. I mean, he broke a 90-yarder against the Texans. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, it's just a lot. This is the thing. The Colts have a good running game, a decent offensive line right now until Quentin Nelson comes back. Um, and they have tight ends who are tough to cover. They have multiple. Mo Ali Cox is tough to cover. Jack Doyle is tough to cover, right? That puts pressure on your linebackers and your guys to go down the field. And then they got speed guys that can run down the field and go catch the ball. Now, I don't know if T.Y. is back this week because he showed out a little bit, then he got banged up. But if T.Y. comes back, that's another issue because the Niners secondary isn't that good right now. And T.Y. looked pretty good last week, or at least early on in that game. He, he's yeah. back and, and, and he's healthy. So I have San Francisco. It's right on the number, 21-17. Uh, you're taking the Colts, you said? I'm taking the Colts. All right, man. That's another one in the books. Week seven in the books. Can't wait to see how it shapes out. What are the big plans this week? You coaching any games? Or just Bro, we, oh, listen. Oh, my gosh. Coaching games. We So, Dan, I don't know if you know this. Um, I used to be the president of a, a youth organization a couple of years ago. I some things, that. these things, some internal things happened. I removed myself. I recused myself from the board. And I left and we went back to because where I live is different than where I grew up. Right. So I took my kids back to where I grew up and I'm actually coaching there now. I wasn't I wanted to be dad, um, but they had some coaching issues where their offensive coordinator, the two officers, they had one office coordinator. He quit the first week. The second guy quit the second week. And then the head coach took over and then I came in to kind of be the O.C. So we play that that organization this week and there's been a lot of trash talking going on. So hold on, hold on. Your new team, which is by where you kind of grew up. Yes. Right? So uh, we've talked about this before, so I'll just share it with our audience. Um, a little um, a little rougher than where you live now. Oh, yeah, much rougher. Uh, Dan, I, I, live, I, live, I live in a, like, gated community with, like, <laughs> yeah. It's... I'm trying to be politically correct here, MJD. So, yeah. More you urban. You, you you wanted your kids to go back and play, you know, in, in uh, well, the neighborhood. We, listen, I, I raised my kids the way I was raised, right? And they they're more comfortable there. They have friends there. Their grandparents live there. My cousins live there. Their aunts and uncles live there. So it's it's just it's a it's a more comfortable environment for them environment for them. But this is the thing. We're playing that organization this Saturday, right? And they've been talking trash. DMing my son, talking trash to other people about oh, like boy. when I was there, how I was running this horrible offense and all this and that. And but so I don't know if you know this, but I'm petty as hell. I'm like one of the pettiest, I'm one of the pettiest people ever. And so not only, and I want this on the not only are we going in there to win a game, we're going in there to really play. Okay, I'm not gonna put no numbers on it, <laughs> but we're going in there to play ball. OK. And I coach all the kids that I'm going to play against, which I love them to death. But I always told them, I always told my kids, I always tell my kids the truth. If I ever coach against you, you better bring it. Because that's how I am. Like I, if I played, if me and you, Dan, were, let's say if me and you played together. Oh, I'll give you a better example. Um, my youngest son's godfather was my roommate in college. He played for the Colts. I was with the Jags. And I always knew that he had some a-hole in him, you know. But one time we played in Indy, 2012. I remember like it was yesterday. I, I got married, okay? And Chuck Bacano called him back the night of my marriage. He had, to, he had to leave early from my wedding to go to catch a flight to go to Indy the next day to go to OTAs. And I told him, like, I'm going to hold that against you. And he was like, bro, I, I have to. Like, I'm, like my, I have to go back. I was like, I don't care. Like, like this is her day. You know what I mean? Well. We played each other. I chipped the. I tried to break his ribs when I chipped him. Okay, <laughs> but vice versa. I did a spin move and he hit me and I almost swallowed my mouthpiece. And all I did was respect that because he feels the same way. I love you so much that I want to try to like make you look as bad as possible. Needless to say, I went for a buck eighty in that game. Who what? Who is the guy? Justin Hickman. He's a scout now for the New England Patriots. But um, that's a great story. But yeah, like, so I told my kids, I used to tell my kids all the time when I was like, look, just hope that I don't ever go anywhere else because if I play against you, I'm going to go after you. Like, I'm, I'm go but guess what? The football gods 
Thank you. You've allowed me to really teach. It's going to be a teaching lesson here. I expect them to play well. I expect them to be ready. And uh, we have practice raining. We have practice in the rain. And we're about to go get after it. What time's the game? My youngest son plays at 11 a.m. And then my oldest son, we play at 3 p.m. Saturday. Okay. East County Lions versus the San Ramon Thunderbirds. Well, I can't wait, man. Um, that is going to be uh, – That's I'm going to need a full report on that. Uh, I think I'm going to be calling a game during that time. Um, so will you, but will you keep me, uh, will you keep me posted? Oh, you'll dead. You know, you'll get a text message. Guess, guess, uh, guess who I get to see for the first time. Who? Your, your guy, Carson Strong. Oh yeah. my God. You know, Carson Strong, that's my baby. I know. Who are they playing? Uh, they're playing Fresno. The pretty good quarterback. Oh, that's my other baby. Both of them. I coach both of them. You coach both of them. I coach both of them. Jake Hayner, who lives by me now. Um, I coached him. And then the next year I coached Carson Strong. So if you do talk to them, I don't know if they let you guys talk to them. Yeah. Sometimes. If you do, tell them I said hello. They'll both, they'll both, and they don't like each other. Oh, that's that's great. We did one pro- uh, here, here goes a great story you can tell since we're all in the podcast. Um, this the program was called KT Prep, right? And Jake was a senior, Carson was a junior, and Jake just got offered to the university. He just accepted the scholarship to the University of Washington. And so I wanted to see them compete. I wanted to see. I wanted to see Jake compete. I wanted to see Carson compete. So we had Jake come out. We did an alumni game versus the new game. And Jake and Carson were going back and forth. I'm talking about, Dan, you got to look at me. I'm talking about dot for dot. Really? But Carson talks trash, though. Jake doesn't talk trash. Carson talks trash, right? Carson looked at him like, I bet you I throw a touchdown right here. Boom, touchdown. The Carson looked at him again like, oh, this is the guy. He's going to watch it. Like, it was crazy. They were going back. It was crazy. It was un- it was unbelievable to see the, the the competitive spirit of these two. So were they doing like a seven on seven little passing drill then? Yeah, it was like it was like seven on seven. It was it was the older guys who were seniors versus our juniors. Wow! And they were going. Hey, it was amazing. And I told my boy, I go, both these guys are going to play in the league. I guarantee. You. And now look at them, just a top a top college football right now at programs that they probably you know no disrespect they probably shouldn't be at. They should be playing at bigger programs, but. They've elevated both programs to to national spotlight. Well, Jake, Jake was having a special year. You know, he, uh, he slowed down a little bit last week. Um, they, uh, Fresno's good. Jake's good. They compared him. Wyoming's head coach compared him to kind of a younger Drew Brees. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's like six foot, six one. Yeah. yeah Drew, he's, a good, yeah. he's a good player. I, I mean, Athletic. I'm, looking to this, I'm looking forward to this matchup, but Carson's a guy. Carson could be a first round pick, you know? Oh, no, Carson, listen, everyone was talking about the kid from Oklahoma, and I'm glad we're talking about this now. You can keep it on the podcast. The kid from Oklahoma has nothing on Carson. All these, the dude in North Carolina has nothing on Carson. And they have nothing on Jake Hayner either. Jake just doesn't have the build, the size that you look for in your quarterback. Right. Carson's 6'5", 215, right? And he's, he's, he's athletic enough, but he, he has a rocket arm. What I'm telling you is this. And, I, and I'll say this, and I'll, I'll keep it. I'll, I'll end it with this. When you look for a quarterback for all our people, when you look for a quarterback in college, you want the guys that, can, that do more with less, not the guys that play with all the top, as we're, we were just talking about Tua. Tua had all the guys. It don't work that way in the NFL. You see what I'm saying? You want the guys that do more with less because more with less allows you to keep performing in the National Football League when things get tough. You have to throw a timing and anticipation. You have to be tough. You have to stay in the pocket. Right. The offensive line doesn't always block the best. You got to have guys like that if you're trying to build your franchise. And both these guys are franchise guys. And you 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 get to call probably the greatest college football game next week, Nevada versus Fresno State. Where is it in Fresno? <laughs> or is it in yeah. Nevada? Yeah, it's Fresno. It's a homecoming. Um uh oh, you're driving up, huh? Lorenzo Neal calling yes. remote, calling it remotely, actually, from uh from LA. Uh Lorenzo Neal getting his jersey retired at Fresno. Well, this is I'll tell you this. If you talk to those two guys, which I don't know if you will, um, they're both really good dudes, man. And they're 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 a this is a special season for me. A lot of my babies are like starting to like one is in the couple in the NFL. I got a couple coming out. Like this is big for me. I love it. Coach Maurice Jones Drew. Big Saturday coming up in youth football. 
We're going to hear all about it next week on the Helipod. Thanks, brother. Have a good week and uh, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. We're going to practice right now. Practice don't start till six. I'm leaving right now. It's two thirty on the west. Exactly. Coast. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, all right. See you.